You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Here on a <laughs> on a Monday, why not? Tim Thomas in about half an hour coming your way. Back to your uh, text message as well. You keep those coming in as we uh, always do. Joining us now on the program. Understand she's sitting on her dock, leading out to the ocean, wearing full parka. Marvin, Miami. Good morning, Marvin. Good morning, Rick. You know, I was just reading over the weekend an article about why it's been so cold in South Florida this winter. Something about El Nino. Honestly, I don't get all the weather stuff, but like it's 50 to 56 degrees this morning. I don't understand what's going on. 56? Yes. Really? It's 41 here. We're not too far behind you for a change, you know? I know. I, I don't like this. I mean, it's going to warm up to 75, but still. Wow. <laughs> it's just been a very cold winter for us. You know, usually we have a couple cold days here and there, um, and we deal with it. But this one, there's been weeks of, like, temperatures in the 50s. Sometimes it drops down to the 40s and the lows, Ooh. and that's just not right for us. No, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. But it's just some weird weather pattern, apparently, this winter, and that's why it's been this way, and it's just, it's just not right. Well, wear your sweaters, multiple hoodies, whatever it takes to get you through. I know you're yeah. going to be suffering for, you know, what? Couple, I, I will. A couple days till it hits 70. <laughs> All right, Marva, you were uh, involved as a student. You always loved sports down in Chapel Hill when you were attending uh, North Carolina, actually attending classes, uh, unlike, you know, a lot of your student athletes and getting credit for it. But you. That is not true. Rick. What? I actually had classes with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. 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 Yes. Um. And and on the basketball <laughs> side, on the basketball side, seriously, there were assistant coaches who would walk by a room and make sure that the student athletes were there. And I also noticed that um, with basketball players, <laughs> they would always sit in the front. And I bet they were told you sit not only you attend, but you sit in the front. Was this before now, or after the controversy? 
Uh, this was before. Okay. And I also had some situations where, with some interesting situations uh, with some football players in classes with me. That yeah. uh, we don't have time to talk about that today, but I'll just say some interesting situations. Okay, okay. I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll say it for another day. Uh, well, let's talk about. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about? You, you got a couple things on you. I guess we'll talk about your heels because I'm telling you, UVA. I mean, I know you played well and you beat them, but UVA is just, uh, what is going on there? Was that three straight games of less than 50 points? I mean, you kind of got, when they came to Blacksburg last Monday, you kind of could tell that they're just not, I mean, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament, I don't think. But, you know, I was worried. When, when I saw what the Hokies did to UVA, I was concerned because I knew Carolina played them after that on the road. And I'm like, they're going to be fired up because they were humiliated. Like, that was bad. And so I just knew, oh, this is going to be a tough one on Saturday. Um, but really, it was I mean, uh, you know, Carolina hadn't played in a week after they had the big win over Tech at home. And so they had all week to prepare for this game. And, you know, the, the game started, and both teams were a little bit out of sorts. So there was over three minutes where neither team could score. I'm just like, what am I watching? What is happening here? Um, and, you know, over the years, Carolina has really struggled against Virginia and their slow-down style of play that is so boring to watch. Um, and the Heels actually hadn't won at UVA since 2012. Yeah, Now think that? about all the Carolina teams over that course of time. A lot of really good teams lost to UVA uh, on the road. Uh, Carolina lost eight consecutive times on Virginia's home floor. But after that three-minute slump, Carolina's offense picked up. Uh, was led by Cormac Ryan, the transfer from Notre Dame. He made five threes in the first half. And that was really what uh, saved Carolina in that first half. Um, on the Virginia side, they just could not score. Like, in the 20-minute half, they had two stretches of over seven minutes where they just could not score. Yeah, And during one of those droughts, they missed 12 consecutive shots. And, you know, it would, I'd love to say, oh, it's the Carolina defense. And no, partly, Carolina no. defense, partly, yes. But partly, something's just wrong there. I don't know, Yeah, you know, what, what's going on. Um, you know, coming into this game, UVA was 14-1 at home. They'd only lost to Pitt on their home floor this season. Uh, their leading scorer in the first half was Reese Beekman. He had eight points. Uh, Carolina's usual big scores were very quiet in the first half. Armando Baycott got into early foul trouble, and he had to sit for most of the first half. And R.J. Davis, they just really clamped down on him, and uh, he was scoreless in the first half. Uh, Beekman was on him, and he was keeping him in check. And so the score at halftime was 26-16 to 16 UNC, which is your typical ugly UVA half of basketball. Um, but, you know, uh, Carolina would take that. Uh, second half, you know, you expect them to show some fire, come out on their home floor. Uh, they did go on a little bit of a run, like 4 nothing run. But then after that, they just cooled off considerably. Uh, R.J. Davis finally got his first basket of the game. Um, Baycott scored six points in the second half. But really... What Baycott did that really stood out to me in this game was he had two really great defensive plays. Um, he had a big block 
when UVA was trying to make a bit of a run. And then he had a huge offensive rebound late in the game uh, when Virginia was, again, you know, trying to show some life. Uh, he finished with 10 points and 13 boards. On the Virginia side, it was Jordan Minor and Isaac McNeely got most of their buckets in the second half. You know, Minor finished the game with 12 points. McNeely had seven. And the final score is 54-44 UNC. So, well, you know, Carolina has like a quick turnaround. They're going to play Miami tonight at home. Uh, and UVA is going to face Boston College on Wednesday night on the road. Well, and to your point, too, I think what is really hurting UVA now is that they lost that game to Pitt. UVA looked like a high school team against Tech, and then Pitt goes out and destroys Tech. So there's no way the committee can logically take Virginia over Pitt now at this point. And they're going to lose to Duke. Who knows if they'll beat Georgia Tech. Virginia's in a lot of trouble. They really are. They're in a lot of trouble. But Carolina's not. You guys want to – you know, you have, sometimes you have to win those grinders, and they did. And, um, you know, you guys are okay. It's, it's, you know, you're okay. Yeah, Carolina's looking good. I mean, Carolina's ahead of the ACC right now uh, with Carolina winning over the weekend, Duke losing over the weekend. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's the Heels have to be feeling pretty good uh, sitting where they are at the moment. And ladies and gentlemen, strong. and ladies and gentlemen, Marva in Miami, the diehard Hill fan. Yesterday on Senior Day in Blacksburg, the Tech women hosted her heels, and she wants to talk about a Virginia Tech player. Breaking news! Oh my lord, who well, knew? I have talked about I have talked about Virginia Tech women earlier this season. <laughs> Incredible team. You know, I I had high hopes, though, going into this game because UNC women were on a three-game winning streak that culminated in a big upset of NC State last week. I was just like, okay, they're going to take this momentum into Blacksburg. You know, it's going to be good. I didn't realize it was going to be senior night. It's like, oh, great. But, you know, it's going to be good. And they just came out so flat. It was very disappointing. Um you know, uh, the first quarter, UNC scored five points, Rick. Five. Five. Yes. Five. Uh, Lexi Donarski <laughs> hit a three, and Deja Kelly had a two-point basket, and that was it. And I was like, oh, no, that's uh. bad. Because that was a season low for the Heels. Uh, Tech had 21 points in the first quarter, you know, and, uh. and the Hokies went on this 8-0 run late, led, of course, by Liz Kitley. And, you know, but Carolina did show a little bit of life in the second quarter, okay? little bit of life. Uh, actually, Deja Kelly had 14 points. And, you know, Carolina went on this 14-7 run to make this one closer. But still, at halftime, it was 33-27 Tech. And, you know, it's just third quarter, Georgia Amore, she came on really strong for Tech, had 14 points. And the end of the third, it was 57-47 Tech. So you see Carolina's going in the wrong direction here. Um, and in the fourth, again, all Tech. You know, Liz Kitley finished the game with 34 points. Amor had 19. Uh, for, for Carolina, Deja Kelly had 29 on the day. But it was like Deja Kelly was trying to do this alone. She was. I don't know where her teammates were. <laughs> I think she you was. Know, if, if Carolina <laughs> didn't have Deja Kelly, it would have been an absolute beatdown. I, I don't know. Like, one person can't do it in, you know, this level of basketball. It can't be one person. And none of her teammates showed up, really, yesterday. So it was just... It was bad. Final score, 74-62 Hokies. And now 
uh, you know, the Hokies have a, a share, at least a share of the ACC regular season title. They're guaranteed to be the top seed ACC tournament. And so, you know, kudos to them. Uh, amazing players and Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor. And you could, I could go on and on, but I'm not. Uh, you know, you guys know what you have there with your, your women's team. They're very good. Um, and, and I'm interested to see, you know, what they're going to do um, in the ACC tournament. Are they going to come back? Are they going to win back-to-back? Are they, you know, yes. what are they going to yes, do they in the NCAA tournament? They're are they gonna... going to, are, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to get back to the Final Four. Are they going to be able to do that? Yes. And uh, have a different outcome this time. So, I, don't, I don't know about the Final Four part, but they're going to win the ACC tournament. Yes. I think they will. So, we'll see. Because I'm not sure. NC State's falling off a cliff, right? They're yeah, not... I don't know what's going on with them. And I'm looking around the league now, and maybe much like the men, maybe we overestimated how good the ACC was on the women's side a little bit. Louisville has looked bad recently. Tech is the only one that's really kind of stepped forward. Syracuse has had a good year, but they're not on that level. Right? NC State, I don't know about right now. I mean, I, I don't know. Tech's beating all those teams. They still got Notre Dame to come. They're going to beat Notre Dame. They're going to win out. And yeah, they're going to win the ACC tournament. And I think they could play themselves back into a number one seed, which would be great. That could happen. I mean, it, it's just any time an ACC school does well, I think it's great for the whole conference. So uh, we'll see what happens. And you know, as long as they're not playing Carolina. I will cheer them on. <laughs> this I know. This I know. All right. Yes. So I want to hear more about, you know, you had an arcade day yesterday with the youngins. Yeah. So we, we took the kids yesterday. Um, we promised them, you know, after church, we're going to go to the movies. We're going to go to arcade. And so they were so excited about that. So we went to see the movie Migration, which if you have little kids, I do recommend it. It was a fun movie. It's about some ducks who were migrating and who had not been migrating. They'd been staying in their little pond because that's what the dad wanted to do. He was scared about all the dangers that could come from migration. But they decided to give it a try. You know, the mom and the kids wanted to do it. So they gave it a try. And, of course, they go through all these adventures and they have these mishaps that happen, but then eventually they do make it. They, were, they never tell you where they're starting from, but they ended up in Jamaica. And it was just really a cute, fun movie. Like, as an adult, I I enjoyed it. Because sometimes you go to these kids' movies and you're just like, oh, when is it going to be over? But it was not like that. It was really fun. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. What movie was it? Migration. No idea what that is. (laughs) Just told you. It's about the ducks. Oh, it's about the ducks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. It's a cute movie. Like, you know, you probably wouldn't go see it because that would be weird, right? Well... Maybe Your parents would be looking around at you. Well, what if what, I what, like what ducks? I do What if I'm a big fan of ducks? <laughs> you wait for it to come on. I do work for GoDucks.com, you know, huh? <laughs> All yeah, right. it's a cute movie for kids. If you have little ones, they can go see it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. I'm glad you had a great time. Uh, you need to introduce the little guy and maybe the gal to pinball. I think they'd appreciate pinball. Pinball, pinball. Is, gets a bad rap. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't love know pinball. Where they'd even where there's a pinball machine. They're everywhere. Like this place. They didn't have any pinball machines. Well, it's because you went to a bad place. You need to go to a place <laughs> that has the video game and pinball machine. Well, they had fun. Like little things you ride on, and they yeah. did play air hockey. Um, air hockey's cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. My son's very good at that. So he had fun beating his big sister every time he played. <laughs> so you know, it was just a, just a fun afternoon. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. Glad you had a great time. Uh, and I know we're, we're running out of time, Rick. Yes. 
but we we do have to talk about the Filipowski thing very quickly. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of got distracted there. We, we do miss that very, very quickly. Court stormer. Um, I just want to say, um, I'm not sure. I've I've seen the video and I've heard what he had to say after the game that he felt like he was targeted. He was. Um, I didn't really see evidence that he was targeted. I saw people running out with like reckless abandon just because they wanted to celebrate. Correct. And I saw him sort of sauntering, like he was just standing there, which I understand just standing there because you see what's happening. You should be making your way to the exit. And it's telling that he, you know, his teammates, his fellow starters, they were hightailed him out of there. But he's just sort of standing there. I don't know why. I don't know if he was stunned over the loss. I'm not sure, but you have to you have to know that they, this should have been discussed with the coaching staff, and no, also Wake no, Forest could no, have done no, a better no. job with Correct. Wake Forest could have done a better Correct. job. Yeah, but you, also as a player, you've got to know you got hightailed out of there. No, and, you can't put um, this on the visiting players. Up, and there's been a lot of debate oh. about his hands up. Oh, yeah. Hands up could be two things. It could be defense trying to keep these people away from me. Correct. Or it could be you know offense. I'm trying to get people out of my way and i won't say which it was because i really don't know um but i you know it's interesting whether people like him or not (laughs) it's often how people have interpreted his hands being up oh yeah and that's that's part of it too let's let's just say this anybody who's supporting the court storming it's because of the two people that a lot of people don't like on the women's side it was caitlin clark for whatever reason the best player in the country the best player maybe in the history of women's college basketball is disliked by a lot of people, and people don't like – how else to say this? They usually don't like white guys at Duke. Kyle Filipowski well, is mean, now that guy. I, but there's I, – I, I don't think it's fair to say they don't like white guys at Duke. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a racial component to it. I think that, that Duke uh, had historically had some pretty – jerky guys like i'm thinking grayson allen white guy white guy but but (laughs) i mean i don't think him being white makes him trip people on a christian leitner i I don't think him being white made him uh, step on that guy's chest at kentucky i don't don't think there's a racial component i don't know i I don't know those guys are a little bit they're they're known for having guys who are Uh, on their team well, and I'm not right. saying Philipowski right. is. I don't really know. I don't know him, but I'm just saying. So I just want to take that. I don't think it's a it's a racial thing. I think it's just they're known for having guys that do things that turn people off. And like you know what I'm speaking of with Grace now, and you know he used to trip people. Off. Oh, he's one of the like, he's one of the dirtiest players. He's one of the dirtiest players college basketball has ever seen. There's no question. And he's tried There's some no of that stuff question. in the NBA. You know he tried some of that stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Didn't work as well, but he did try it, and he is still in the league. <laughs> Well, all I know is, all I know is, it's got to be fixed. And no, you can't blame this on the visiting team. I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, you lose a game like that. Yeah, he's turned. I've watched the video at least ten times this morning. And yeah, he lunges, but at that, you can't. When you watch it in full time, those people are coming right at him. You're in protective mode. You're but, in. You know, also, kill or be coach, killed. Why mode. wasn't his coach? His coach was shocked by what was happening. You saw his face. He's just sauntering over to shake hands, and I'm like. Your first responsibility, I know we want to be good sports, but your first responsibility is to make sure your players are safe, get those guys are off the court. Like, I don't know. I think he should, or his staff, if he didn't want to do it, assistants. Make sure his assistants get it done. Like, you have to think about it. It's up to the home team. Trust me. I know how this works in athletic meetings. I I sit in these meetings. Yeah, Yeah. it was their their court, their security. Correct. But I'm saying you still have to look out for your guys. 
Like, you can't expect other people to do what they're supposed to do. Like, yeah, they should. Well, you can't all of a sudden. Well, no, now you're criticizing Duke for going through the handshake line like you're supposed to after a game. That's not on Duke. All I saw was was their coach. Like, I don't know. Maybe everybody else had already done it. Maybe he was at the end. But usually the coach is in front. I don't know. But he's just kind of sauntering over to shake, and then things are going haywire. And he has this look on his face like, oh, my goodness, what's well, happening? he explained that. he uh, When he looked over there, he saw the fan punching Filikowski in the back, which you can clearly see okay. on the video. So that's when he ran over there like, what's going on here? My guy's out there. And I know he's a big guy, but at this point, if fans are going to do that, then whatever happens to him happens to him. It's kill or well, be we'll- killed. Well, we need to see also what, what happened going forward with this. You know, he said that he was injured, and there were two different reports about that. It was it was an ankle, then it became a knee. I don't, you know, I don't know what the situation is. And let's see, you know, is he, does he play in the next game? Right, yeah, um, right. I think people will look at that very differently if he's injured to the point where he can't play. Correct. Um, Correct. So, again, Wake Forest should have done a better job, but I just think, you know, Wake Forest is one of the smaller schools. And I don't know if they just didn't have, you know, adequate. They didn't have as much security as, say, a bigger school would have, like, um, you know, like Tech or um, like UNC would have. Because, like I said, they're one of the smaller schools. Maybe their security staff was much smaller. But, you know, I know at Carolina there are always security people um, in the Dean Dome. And these are people who do not watch the game. They're actually facing away from the action. They're looking at the crowd. Um, and they are uh, stationed, you know, very close like to the court and you see them, you know, they sit on the risers or they stand and they are again, watching the crowd. They don't watch the game. Um, and I don't know what the situation is, what they have at tech. I'm well, sorry, not tech at, um, Wake Forest. Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Hey, have a great week. We appreciate you as always. You too. All right. Be good. There you go. Marvin, Miami. Take a quick break. Coming back. Bottom of the hour coming up. Tip Thomas soon. And do it today. Harvey Chevrolet Buick. I've bought my last three vehicles from Harvey's. They are the greatest folks in the world. They try to find you exactly what you want at a great price. Go see them at Harvey's. All right, we'll be back. Bottom of the hour. If you want to go see uh, Monster Trucks, call me up during the break. 639-4900. Still giving away tickets. Tim Thomas next. Four you seven four four twenty nine ninety. Getting into all the uh, big weekend topics. Tech women get a uh, big win. They win the regular season crown. 
the ACC. Got the uh, the court storming controversy in Wake. Got the uh, Virginia-Tennessee ruling there about the NIL. Not exactly sure what it's going to mean. What I do know it means is that you're going to see more active NILs uh, happening. I mean, it wasn't like it was a situation uh, that wasn't going on anyway, right? It's not like we're shocked by any of that. I mean, come on. They've been part of the collective going after portal kids since it was introduced. So I don't really know what that's going to change, but it is another blow for the NCAA. Joining us now on the program, of course, he is the man who brought you the Tech Lunch Pail, and uh, you need to go subscribe. His name's Tim Thomas. Tim, how are you? Good morning. Rick, I am doing great. Hope you are also. Yeah, man, not bad. You know, it's Monday. We're just kind of navigating through, and uh, I guess we'll start out with uh, the ladies. We've been talking about them this morning on the hardwood. They win the regular season title. Uh, big day for Liz Kitley, and uh, Tech goes out. They win the game by 12. They jumped out to a big lead and were never really seriously threatened. I um, mean, you know, they hit that three before halftime, but they spread it out pretty quickly, and this team continues to gain lots of momentum heading into the fin- uh, the final week here of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing some really good basketball, Rick. There are only a few teams that are playing at this level, Rick. I mean, we're seeing a team that can win a national championship. Um, and like so, the way they started this game, it's all the hoopla, the celebration, to have the composure to just get out there, play some fantastic basketball right off the bat is impressive. And I would say this game did get a little tenuous there. Going the halftime, only a six-point game. Deja Kelly hits that just inside half-court three. Game got a little antsy, um, but Tech methodically pushed this game back out. And in that fourth quarter, there wasn't a whole lot of drama. I mean, it was. North Carolina got chipped it back away late to get to the final margin of 12, but otherwise not a lot of drama in the fourth. So, uh, but yeah, I think it was an impressive win. You know, senior day is always a unique how the team going to respond because there's so much. Add in college game, add in everything. It was a weird, you know, it's a complete, it kind of throws you out of your rhythm, but a, a great celebration for a great team that delivered again. I mean, I think this is what, 10 wins in a row now? There, there are a few teams playing this well. They should be in the top five of the country today with all the losses that happened elsewhere this week. I mean, they're just playing phenomenal basketball, Rick. They burn everything, uh, share the ACC regular season title, the number one seed of the ACC tournament. Um, only need one to outright clinch that or Syracuse losing, which looking at Syracuse weekend, they could easily lose NC State, for example. So, yeah, it's right there now. Um, and Tech, I mean, you would think at this point they're trending towards at least a two. Um, and a one seat's there. The net ranking is the one thing that I think could be the thing that trips them up to get that one, but I don't know. I mean, if they keep winning like this, they can win out, win the ACC tournament as well. Um, I'd be stunned if they were to one. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, right? I don't know how they could ignore it at that point. If they do go ahead and win out and win the tournament on top of the regular season, at that point you're going to be in the top four. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any way they can do all that and still be on the two line, right? It doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I'd be stunned um, at that point. Like it'd be the same thing as last year. You know, I think the net was also the thing that held them back a little, and I think the strength of schedule is a little better this year. They went and tested themselves. The win over Kansas, by the way, you know, is a better win than 
ton of their best wins they had at non-conference last year, especially after Kansas beat number 10 Kansas State yesterday. So, yeah, I think the resume is also better this year, which is it's something that has to be factored in. Um, so we'll see. Obviously no guarantees in this business, but you have to really like the way Tech is trending and trending towards, I think, a potentially a one seed again, which, look, if you, if you want to be in the best spot, you just want to avoid South Carolina's regional. You just like to be at a, at a one guarantees that. If you're one, you don't have to worry about South Carolina to the Final Four at the earliest. And Tech is one of the teams I think they can beat South Carolina. But you'd rather not have to deal with that until Cleveland or let someone else do that for you. Tim Thomas joining us on the program from the Tech Lunch Pail. Go subscribe today. They cover it all, football, basketball, wrestling, you name it. They've got it covered for you at the Lunch Pail. All right, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, the men uh, suffer a damaging loss. Um, if there was still any ambiguity about whether they were going to be a tournament team, I don't think there was. Now it's f- for sure gone. Well, now they have to just kind of focus here coming up. What is it about this team, Tim? They just have not been good on the road all year long. Yeah, well, Rick, you know, part of it, I, I, I never like going into this because I think sometimes it's, it's way overblown, but it's hard to deny the officiating played a role in that game. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to deny and some just not good calls. Um, now, I don't think we're, you know, calls that are, you know, okay, borderline it, see, I could, I could give it 50-50. Like, there were just some bad calls in this game, Rick, and I think that changed the tone. You know, kind of put them behind the eight ball. I'm not saying Virginia Tech should have won this. If, if that changes Virginia Tech win this game, not at all. But that played a role. Um, you know, maybe Tech is in it a little more, and they don't have to worry about Padula and Couture being in foul trouble and out of the bench with Padula for a little bit in the first the second half and, and whatnot. I, I don't know. But I, I think you, you we can't deny that when we talk about this game. But also, deep, and, that, and that goes into the defensive side of it, where they just, you know, part of it was probably foul trouble, but they just did not have a great defensive day at all. Um, I think that's part of the story. And they couldn't hit threes. I mean, they were getting good looks. You know, Pitt's a fantastic perimeter defensive team, but they just weren't making them. They got some good looks. Tyler Nichol had been red hot going into this game, just couldn't find it. I think Tech was colder from three than the temperature was outside. The temperature was in the 20s and 30s, apparently, up there in Pittsburgh. So um, 15% from three is, is not going to cut it. Um, kind of almost a repeat of the UNC game in some ways, um, where I think, you know, like I said, Tech just couldn't find their rhythm from three. Um, you know, they did a lot of things well, like especially that first half. I mean, they did a great job of, you know, yes, they weren't making threes. They could have used them, but. They were being aggressive. They were being very intentional about trying to get, you know, obviously easy buckets when you're inside the arc. But Pitt's not been a very good, relatively good defensive team from inside the arc. They they're, they have their moments. They have some great shot blocking, as we saw. But when they're not blocking shots, not doing a whole lot down there. I think Tech was smart, but then they just couldn't make threes defensively. They just and they just didn't handle the adversity well of that foul trouble with that set. Like you have to handle the adversity better on the road and. This team just hasn't done that job uh, too often this year, and so yeah, I think it's just it's a frustrating loss, you know. It's a frustrating loss, and it, like I said, this is this you know, Tech you know briefly kind of revived their uh, hopes of getting at large, but you never know if they win the Final Four. The Wake Forest is going to be a Q one game after they beat Duke. You never know, like. Could that be enough? I don't know, especially if you, have, you know, depending on where some of these games fall. But at this point, 
I, I just think it's it's too much, Rick. I, I think they've put themselves in too deep of a hole, and the focus has got to be on getting into the top nine of the ACC. So you are not playing on Tuesday in D.C. If you're playing on Tuesday in D.C., um, I, I, and you're a Tech fan, uh, go ahead and begin researching potential NIT tickets um, if they're playing in Blacksburg. And if not, well, <laughs> you go ahead and buy those women's NCAA tournament tickets anyway, regardless, because it'll tell me <laughs> the action happening in Castle. True. Very, very true. <laughs> Tim Thomas joining us on the program. Things uh, still uh, pretty quiet on the football front. I know uh, Brent Pry was back in town last week talking to some of the media folks. I mean, they're getting geared up for a big spring. I mean, um, we haven't heard anything else really about personnel. That'll start kind of filtering its way out here as we get closer and closer. But, man, oh, man, the excitement is still there, isn't it? Very valid. What's going on right now as uh, Brent Pry gets ready for year three? Yeah, Rick, I think it's there's just so much momentum, and I – you know, you're going to hear this word. We're going to hear this word a thousand times from Brent Pry and his staff. I, at least a thousand times. Um, continuity. It's going to be the theme. You know, they return so much. Number one, returning production. You know, we got. I got to sit down along with some, several of my colleagues with several of the assistants. And again and again, it just comes back to continuity. Having all this quality returning. It's not like they just have returners, you know. You know, if you have returners but they're no good, well, you know, you're kind of screwed there. Um, but they have good quality returning production. And I think you're going to see that, the continuity at quarterback, continuity offensively, just period. In the secondary, at defensive end, um, a lot of continuity. And that's going to be a storyline, I think, this spring. You know, like I said, there's not a lot of – the offensive line is going to be, I think, a great spot of competition. Those linebacker spots, especially that will spot, is going to be a – fascinating spot, same thing, that safety spot next to Stroman. Um, with Stroman coming off some injury and some surgery and stuff, you know, there may be opportunities to get a couple guys out there and just see what they can do um, together uh, before choosing who's going to go with Stroman. So, you know, there are going to be some interesting storylines in terms of how these some of these battles shake out, but Rick, it's going to be the, 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 the buzzword of the offseason is going to be continuity out of this program, and can't blame them with what they have returning and you know you look at that schedule ahead in the fall as well with what they have returning it, it's the, the excitement and the buzz is going to be very high and you know just out a fancy touchdown in the in the spring game from someone and you know they'll go through the roof before i let you go Tim, i want to ask you on this uh we got this report heading into the weekend about how this virginia tennessee challenge was upheld about the nil um, I guess it's not a real big newsmaker just because I know that the NIL collectives have already been influencing high school and portal recruiting. It's not like this is like, oh my goodness, now it's a free-for-all. Well, it has been from day one, but it is uh, kind of always refreshing to see another huge blow dealt to the NCAA in the courts. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, this is great, but part of me's like, Let's be careful what we wish for here. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, at some point, like, we need some competent policy here that no one's going to go to court over. Like, at some point, we, you know, you, 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 you go so many things to court, like, how do you even manage this thing? You know, like, that's – and there maybe should be some other things that you should go to court on that maybe, you know, can rebuff the SEC and the Big Ten. But, yeah, Rick, you know, it's – we're in a weird moment right now in collegiate athletics. Um, this is not healthy. Um, there's no way of putting it. And it's not NIL and transfer portal. That's the that's that's too much thrown out. Say it's the NIL transfer portal part. Okay, fault. Okay, maybe it's part of it. But there's a lot of greed. 
this sport has got way too, collegiate athletics have become way too greed. Um, we got TV executives running the show. We got two commissioners who are doing their jobs and fighting for their conference's interest. But I mean, their conference's interests are not good. <laughs> uh, the ship is without a rudder. Uh, Charlie Baker is trying to do something, but you know the NCAA just collectively is the NCAA. Um, they're great at running championships, but not a whole lot else. Or at least at the Division One level, we're great at running championship events, but maybe not a whole lot else. I mean, it, it's not. It's unsettling times, um, you know, and, you know, obviously the SEC Big Ten are trying to coalesce power without, you know, having, you know, potentially antitrust situation as well. Um, it's a mess. Um, at some point, we need there, there needs to be guard, proper guardrails and rules. Um, you know, I think Baker actually had a good idea in terms of kind of splitting FBS into a further, you know, two subdivisions within it. So what, you have the top 80, and I think if you had that as well, let's get rid. Like I said, we need football only conferences. This sport needs football only conferences. Um, this sport needs guardrails in terms of NIL. I think you're, what you're going to see in response to this as well. One, the NCAA needs a rule that allow these schools to bring NIL in house and, and kind of control these things a little more. I think that would help everybody involved. Um, that needs. They, they're, it's not like they're not communicating anyway. Like let's 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 get over it. Plus that rule's dead anyway. So correct. Maybe it doesn't matter now. Correct. Um, but also, <laughs> I think one thing you're going to see is with all this is you're going to start to see, and you're seeing some programs actually formally call it that. You're going to see a front office in college football for major programs. Um, you know, I think a lot of programs are going to say, hey, and a lot of coaches are going to say, hey, we need to have a true front office type structure. Uh, we need a GM. You know, we need a you know assistant GM. We need these these. I mean, we've already seen it build out towards that. But I think you're going to start to maybe see it more formalized in the coming years. And if you know that, and that could be a great thing for the sport, by the way. I think if you can formalize having a general manager, things like that. You know, NCA rules allow them to even go a couple of these front office people to go on the road and recruit as well. You know. A coach can maybe deal, let the NIL conversation with players go more to the general manager and things like that. Um, I think that'd be a great thing for the sport. And I think that'd be a great thing for coaches who just want to coach, you know. Coaches who, who would love to coach and recruit. You know, they'd love to not have to do other things. Maybe, you know, I think AD's got to do, you know, the coaches are having to do a little too much in some areas that maybe athletic directors honestly should be doing more of in terms of fundraising and things like that. But then again, you're the head football coach. You know, some donors, just, you know. They don't want to hear from the AD. They want to hear from the head football coach. Um, so it's a complicated thing of all that. But yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. You know, at the end of the day, Rick, part of it, you know, part of it's great. Part of it is like, let's be careful what we wish for right now because sometimes domino effects from these things are not what you want. Um, but sometimes they are. It's that's the thing. Right now, we're in such a weird. We just need to get through this. You know. <laughs> We just need to get to the end of whatever this is going to look like. I think that's the part of it. We need stability in college athletics. We need, and like I said, we need things like general managers. We need things like football-only conferences. So Washington basketball isn't playing Rutgers next year, or Cal baseball is going to play uh, Wake Forest baseball. Like, just give us some structure. All right, man. Well, listen, Tim, as always, great stuff, and it's easy for people to go subscribe to the Lunch Pail, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. You go techlunchpail.com, become a TLP insider today. $7 a month, $70 a year. Got plenty of great football stuff, basketball stuff, like that NCAA tournament. 
Could this be the year the national championship comes to Blacksburg? We'll see. Baseball, softball season in full spring. Plenty of recruiting, wrestling, building up now. ACC tournament coming up. Lots of state great stuff coming at TechLunchWorld.com. I said, got to sit down with all those assistants. Got a lot of stuff still coming out of that. I mean, you know, we've only talked a lot. Quarterbacks and receivers over on the site. Um, that's only two positions groups, Rick. we got a lot more coming for our insiders, especially over at TechLunchWorld.com. So keep, keep your eye over there. It's going to be great. All right, brother. Well, listen, have a great week, and appreciate your time as always. Stay safe. I appreciate it, Rick. All right, good stuff there from Tim Thomas. We covered it all in a very short amount of time. And go to the lunch pail and find out more what's going on. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back, wrap up Hour 2 here on a Monday. Team Hotline, text line 744-2990. We'll get into more of these topics that we've been discussing throughout the day. Great text messages as always. I'm down to my last four tickets for the Monster Truck Show Saturday night. This is the 7.30 show. If you want to go Saturday night and you want the tickets, call me up now. 639-4900. My goodness, we've given away a lot of these things, but I'm down to my last four. Hard to believe. One more tickets if you want to go see the Monster Truck Saturday night, 639-4900. 